you go, Cam. And the church said, amen. That's awesome. Freedom. What Jesus did for us on the cross, salvation, the shed blood of Christ is amazing. And it's free. As much as prices and everything else is escalating, uh, salvation is still free. Or is it? It's not a trick question. It is free, but yet it does cost your life as well. So it is free, but there is a cost. Uh, we talked about that some in Sunday school this morning. Mail, thank you for teaching Sunday school. That was really good. We could have went for a while yet this morning of just practical Christianity is what we were talking about this morning of doing unto others as you have them do unto you. Uh, so thanks for, for leading that mail. And Cameron and Lauren, thanks for leading as well. Uh, both of you, thank you. I say thank you because uh, I know both of them are not feeling well. So uh, Cameron texted me last night. He wasn't sure if he's going to be here, but their family is sick. So bless you, Cameron. I know he, you're going to roll in a little bit, but thank you for, for coming uh, and, and leading us this morning, even though you and Sylvia and Mia are not feeling the best. So uh, bless you there this morning with that. Good stuff. Uh, so I just want to bless you in your worship this morning and just opening your heart toward God, toward your Heavenly Father uh, this morning. And I also want to take this time to say thank you for a lot of you that were involved in Lancaster Bible School, Youth Connect. Uh, this year was the, I've, I've heard more stories this year, I think, than ever, uh, especially from people, like from teachers that would come back and say, hey, you know what, I was taking my child home, or I was dropping them off, and the mother or the neighbor or the father were like, hey, I used to go when I was a little kid. I heard so many stories of that. I'm not sure if it was just me or maybe I didn't hear them other years, but I heard a number of those this year. And so I want to bless each one of you for your involvement for, 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 for planting seeds. When I look at that, yes, it is also bringing harvest, but I... Uh, generally see it as planting seeds in the lives of the children uh, but it does have an impact because now we're seeing adults that are sending their children and their neighbors and like hey I didn't forget about that I was there uh, so thank you for for your input there as well we're going to have the offering and then several announcements and then we'll get into the message this morning the offering uh, Daniel if you want to grab the offering this morning as uh, for the general fund and so we'll pray for that and uh, Father, thank you so much for the freedom we can have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I want to thank you for salvation. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. And thank you for your grace so free that we sang about this morning. Father, your grace that's so free and it watches over me and it watches over us. Lord, you're so good. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for freedom. And Father, this morning, we just come to you and we just say thank you for what you're doing. We honor you, Lord. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for the work you're doing here at church. Thank you for what you're doing and did at Lancaster Bible School at Youth Connect. Father, what an awesome opportunity that was. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing on all the seeds that were planted and the uh, 
the changes that you're making in people's hearts. Lord, I pray the good work that you have, that you are doing, that you would bring that to completion, Father. Thank you for this morning. Each person that's here, Father, is a blessing. So, Lord, I pray uh, as we give this morning toward the general fund, play a, a blessing on the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, so the offerings for the general fund this morning, so as Daniel passes that around, we have a new host and hostess list. It's back. The new one is posted back on the board. And so make sure you check that out and see when you are scheduled. And if it doesn't work, you are responsible to find a replacement. All right. So make sure you check it out before you leave there. It goes all the way to the end of the year. I looked at this. Jen did it. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. She has Christmas Day and New Year's on there. It's like, wow. But literally, we are just, you know, we are getting into fall. So Christmas, New Year's is, uh, is coming up uh, fairly quickly. Are there any other announcements that should be mentioned here this morning? Oh, yes, I do have one. I just thought about it. Uh, a men's meeting, I think I'm going to put it off a week later. Uh, I did not realize it was back to school night, but I learned very quickly after I sent my email out. Jason, I think, was within several minutes. Hey, do you know this is back to school night? Uh, Keith he sent me an email. Hey, this is back to school night. So we're, we're not going to have men's meeting the 22nd. I think we'll just move it back to the 29th uh, because of that. That was my apologies there, uh, not realizing that that's the back to school night. So uh, we will make that change. I'll shoot an email out this week as well for that correction. Any other announcements? Rick Warren tells a story of Rick Warren is the one that wrote uh, The Purpose Driven Life. Some of you have probably read that. After he wrote that book, the CEO of Adidas read that book. And it changed him so much, he contacted Rick. And he said, hey, Rick, I want to come meet you. I want to talk to you. And Rick is like, wait a second, really? This is the CEO. And so they made arrangements for, for him to come and meet with Rick. When, he got, when they met, he had one question for Rick. And this was his question. He said, shall I step out of my CEO position and become a pastor? It's quite a question. How would you answer that? Shall I step out of my CEO position of Adidas and become a pastor? Rick said, no, no, no. Don't do that. He said, how many are on your executive team? And he said, six. He said, how many of them are Christians? He said, he thinks two, including him. I mean, I think he would make the third one. Rick looked at him and he said, start right there with your CEO team. He said, how many employees do you have? And he said, he doesn't know. He said, probably 25,000. He said, there's your church. There's your church. He said, you have more people to influence in your company 
than any pastor ever will. So we're going to look at this thing called work this morning and the platform that we have to share the gospel through our work. And this comes through this, this week uh, at Youth Connect. I had uh, the one workshop, and it was on relations in the workplace. And when I was asked that, I'm like, oh, man, can I even talk about this? What do you talk about relations in the workplace? I, I didn't think it fit for me, but yet I also felt that I, it's something that I should do, and so I did. And so studying that, looking at work, the Bible has a lot to say about work. And work can be an amazing place to share the gospel. It doesn't just have to be at church. It doesn't just have to be at small group. It doesn't just have to be at Lancaster Bible School. The workplace, actually just a little over a year, uh, no, it was last fall. I was at a conference. After the Mennonite School put a conference on, and they had several different speakers there. It was a, uh, it was a businessman conference, a fundraiser as well. And uh, the speak, one of the speakers there, uh, he mentioned that we are in an era where he thinks the best platform for evangelism is business. And I think he, there's a lot of truth to that. I'm not saying churches, small groups, your Bible studies, cell groups are not important. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I want us to get here this morning is to recognize the opportunities we have in the workplace to share the gospel. And he says, he thinks right now, this is the era to where the gospel is going to be spread the most in the business world. What is the definition of work? The, work, the definition of work is an activity involving mental or physical effort in order to achieve a purpose or a result. So what's the purpose of work? What makes you get out of bed in the morning and go to work? Like, why do you do that? I want some feedback here. Why do you go to work? What's the purpose of work? What? You go for the money, okay. Uh, that's very legit. And that is the truth. I'm guessing most of us, if you would all have to write a description, probably majority of the people would say, I go to my job because I get paid. Or I make money, I get paid so I can spend money, so I can live, right? What else? Why do you get out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning and drive to work? What's the purpose? Money. What's another one? So I don't have to depend on others. Okay. Very good. Sorry, what was that? Take care of my family. Absolutely. And we have some scripture. We're going to look at that in First Timothy just in a little bit. She said, take care of your family. Jason. Because you love it. Awesome. Okay. So you go to work because you really love your job. Do you think you loving your job has a, makes a different atmosphere at work with you loving your job versus I have to be at my job? Do you think it creates a different culture? Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. He says he wouldn't be there otherwise if he wouldn't love it. Okay. Great point. Because I do want to talk about that some a little bit this morning is our attitude of why we go to work, I think, makes it, it shapes the culture. If you're there because you love your job, it will really influence your culture versus I'm here because I just simply have to be here. I don't want to be here. Everyone knows I don't want to be here. Oh, I didn't feel like getting out of bed this morning because th th this job just stinks, but I have to be here versus I love my job. I love what I do. They both still get paid. But the attitude of what you, how you, the attitude you have going to work will create a culture, positive or negative. Why else do you go to work? What's another reason? We have, we have, oh, sorry. That's a really good one, John. To add value to others around you and to your clients. Having that attitude of using the workplace to value, to add value to others is beautiful. So it kind of comes, actually, it's really, that really clashes with our culture right now because when I hear you say that, John, you're saying, I'm, going, I'm also going to work to see what I can give, not just what I can get majority of our culture right now is I'm going and seeing what I can get. How much will you pay me? How much can I get for doing this job? How much can I get versus what value? How can I add value to others? How can I add value to my clients? That's a great one, John. Very good one. Someone else, what's the point of going to work? Okay. Okay. Steve said he likes to turn the world upside down or having projects, just diving in, making it happen and seeing what you did. Completed projects. Absolutely. Workplace is a great one for that. Uh, completing projects. There is something, uh, there is satisfaction that comes when you complete projects. Absolutely. So work is a lot of projects. Probably most of us have, when you go to work, you have this project that you have to do. Uh, when you complete it, it it's, there's satisfaction there. Very good point. Jason, you had another one. The Bible commands it to work. You're right. And that was one thing. That, honestly, that was eye-opening for me when I studied this week of how much the Scripture talks about working and doing work not only working but how you work and doing it well God worked he created the creation right he did it in six days and then the seventh day he rested and he's still working because he's working in your heart. He's working in my heart. He's maintaining the earth. He's the one that's maintaining a lot of things around us. The earth, the beauty, making seeds grow. That's not us. That's God at work. 
So God is an example of someone that's working, and he's not stopping. He continues to work, not only in, in the physical aspect, but also in the spiritual aspect as well. Your heart, my heart, your neighbor's hearts. We're working out, talking about business this morning. Your co-worker's heart. He's keeping, he, he's working there. He's doing something. Are there other reasons why you get up in the morning and go to work? These were great. Uh, to make money, pay for family, uh, the Bible commands it, Incur empower others. Did you know that about 40% of your life you spend working? The average person spends 40% of his life working, his or her life? Uh, his, from the man's perspective. Ladies is probably a lot more than that if you're a mother and you have children because your work doesn't stop. And so there, I, it's probably even more than that. But let's just go with the 40%. That's a lot of your life that you spend working. And so let's do it well. We got one shot at it. And I was reminded again of that this week. I don't know how many of you know Rod Martin. I don't really know him. I, I, I heard of him. Some of you may know him. The other two boys that died in that plane crash. They don't have any more chances. Their work is done. And so the work that we have, the ability that we have, the, the, the job that we have, let's do this well. Let's learn why we're doing it, and let's do it well. Durette, you talked about providing for your family. I'm going to read First Timothy 5.8 because this is a strong command. 1 Timothy 5.8 says this. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's pretty strong words. But that's what he says. And I believe it's true. And so us, we need to provide for our own. If we don't, it says, you're worse than an unbeliever. So that's what work is. Work is providing for your own. You go to work, one of the reasons is to provide for your own and for your family. So uh, keep that in mind. This week and going from here, that's a great reason to go to work, is to provide for your family. Research backs up that the more jobs people have, the less poverty and also the less violence. It's interesting. Depression rates are soaring. I think probably a lot of us know that. Why are depression rates soaring? And I think some of that reason is because people lack purpose. Work has the potential to bring purpose. It certainly, has, it certainly brings identity, 
especially from my culture, uh, a lot of our culture here, you know, one of the first questions out of someone's mouth is, where do you work? What do you do? And so how you answer that, that gives you identity. So your job does give you identity. It can be good. It can be bad. I think generally speaking, it could be a good thing. Uh, but I want us to be aware this morning of the importance of our workplace. It can bring identity. Uh, it can also bring meaning. It can bring purpose. Your job has the ability to bring purpose. If you go like Jason and you go and because you love your job, that's going to create purpose in your life. I'm going because I love this. I want to pour into this. It gives purpose. And when people lack purpose, I think is where uh, depression can set in. So work can bring purpose, and you have purpose. You were not created to do nothing. God didn't create you to live a lazy life. He didn't put you on earth to take up space, to breathe air, and then die again. That's not what God did. You have purpose. You have value. You have gifts. You have talents. We know the story of the, the parable of the talents. I think probably everyone here knows that. I'm not going to read that. It was very interesting on Thursday, though, with, uh, with the group, group of youth that I had. I don't know. There was probably 12 or 13 of them, teens in there. Uh, none of them knew the parable of the talents. None of them. I was surprised. But it's okay. So we went through the parable of the talents. I explained to them. But, so we're not going to dig into scripture, but it's there, okay? Here's another thing where this is scriptural, the parable of the talents. You have gifts, you have abilities. If you are given ten, use them. Your workplace is an amazing place to use your gifts and talents. They are. If you're a good organizer, it's very possible your workplace can use a good organizer. If you're creative, it's very possible your workplace can use someone that's very creative. If you're a good salesman, your company can probably use a good salesman. So take the gifts and abilities and talents that you have and use them. Whether you have 10, whether you have five, do not be the one that just has one and says, well, you know what? I can't do that. I only have one gift. And so I'm not going to do anything. Use your gifts, use your, abil uh, your, your talents in the workplace. It's a great place for you to use your God-given abilities and gifts at work. Proverbs 13, 4. I'm going to read several of these verses because this is Scripture. Proverbs 13, verse 4. says this, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So, in other words, lazy people, they want a lot, but they get very little. 
but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. The diligent. And we talked about uh, this week on just uh, the work atmosphere and what you can bring to your company and how you can have good relationships in your company with your manager or whoever. And we went over some practical steps of number one, showing up. Just if you have a job, be there when you're supposed to be there. Be on time. Be respectful. Uh, do what the manager says you want you're supposed to do in the way that you're supposed to do it. Uh, we had some. It was. It was. It was. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, just talking with them, and there was only about four of them that had jobs out of I'm not sure 14 or so. Uh, but it was still really good. We were just talking about some practical steps, but it was good for me as well to process some things that are valuable at work. Show up on time. Have a good work ethic. When you're there, do a good job. Uh, be respectful to those that are around you. Encourage instead of complain. See what you can give instead of always seeing what you can take. Be responsible. Be humble, not proud. Just some small things. They seem small, but yet they can really be really good big things uh, in the workplace when you do these things. And being respectful to, to those that are around you. Work can also develop character and maturity. It has that potential. Uh, most people, when they start a new job, they'll start doing something uh, you know, similar. I'm going to say uh, more toward the bottom of the ladder, generally speaking. But the workplace, you have an opportunity, at least most places, you have the opportunity to go up become develop your character develop your maturity and you can do that at a workplace that doesn't just have to happen in church so become more mature learn to use your gifts and, ab and, and abilities use the work platform uh, to develop character you can learn new things at work you meet new people at work there's a lot of things that work is very valuable for us in our, in our Christian lives. Work brings accountability. Probably all some sort of accountability that we have when we're at work. And accountability can be a very good thing. Work is a great place to be an example to others. Um, work would tie right into our Sunday school lesson this morning, what you were sharing about Malin. Doing unto others as you have them do to you. Matthew 5, we know what Matthew, I think we probably all know what Matthew 5 says. Let your light so shine before men. Take that into your workplace. Shine your light before men at work. And then they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's an awesome place to shine your light. 
people that you're working with. You see them four or five days a week, 40 to 50 hours a week that you're with them. You're with them for quite a bit of time. And I heard this week, or I read this week, I'm not sure which one it was, read or heard, uh, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And we spend a lot of time, we can spend 40 to 50, some people spend 40 to 50 hours a week with coworkers. And maybe you have the perspective of, you know what, my coworkers are just, oh, they irritate me, it's a dark place. Uh, they're not, maybe they're not Christians, and you just, oh, it just really, you know, they're just irritable. But yet, in that opportunity, you have the opportunity to be a light to them. Let your light so shine before men is for the workplace as well. It's not just for Sunday mornings. Workplace is a great place to serve, and we talked about serving as well this morning. And we know that Jesus came to serve. Workplace is a great place to serve. Whether it's your manager, whether it's your boss, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your employees, because I know we have some business owners in here. How well do you serve at work? Serving is huge in scripture. We're not going to look at Bible verses, but I think we all know how important serving is. Serving in the workplace is very valuable. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 10. I'm going to read some more scripture. I can find it here. First Peter 4, 7 to 10, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Here's what I want us to get in this passage is, is this verse in verse 10. As each one has received the gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I look at that verse. It says, as you have received the gift, minister, use that gift for others. It doesn't say to use it for yourself. It says use it for others. The workplace is an amazing place for you to use your gifts and minister to others. It can be customers. It can be vendors. Coworkers, use your gifts in the workplace, your gifts and talents. Paul says, I have fought a good fight I finished the race. I finished the course. 
And I look at Paul, I'm like, you know what? Paul knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Paul knew his purpose. He knew the work that had to be done. And he did it. The reason I know he did it, because when at the end of his life, he said, hey, I'm done. Jesus is another perfect example. When he was 12, his parents couldn't find him, and they come back, and he's hanging out with the teachers. And they were like, Jesus, what were you doing? And he looks at him, he says, don't you know I must be about my father's business? That was at 12 years old. Jesus knew his purpose and what he's supposed to do. When Jesus died, he says three words, it is finished. So I see that kind of, uh, of the bookends of Jesus. You know, he starts in the front. Don't you know I'm supposed to be doing my father's business? And he knew what it was, and then comes the end of life, and he said, it's finished. The work I was supposed to do, I did. Carrie Randall says this, Contrary to popular opinion, life does not just get better by chance. Life gets better by change. And this change takes place on the inside. It's a change of thought that creates a better life. I love that. And just thinking about this, uh, life doesn't just get better by chance. Your work atmosphere isn't just going to get, probably not, get better by chance. It's going to get better by change. And change happens on the inside. And so this week, as you, not just this week, but from here on out, the jobs, your workplace, let's use this as a platform to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we have this a tremendous opportunity to do it at work. We're supposed to work. And we talked about why we work way, you know, in the, in the beginning here. Work is important. Work is biblical. It brings purpose. It brings identity. We talked about it, it makes money. You learn new things, you meet new people. It brings accountability. It's a place to serve. It's an awesome platform to use your gifts and abilities that you have. You can use your job for eternal purposes as well. Your job can be a place to where you make a difference in someone's life for eternity. So let's take that opportunity. Make your workplace a place of kingdom building and not just wealth building. A lot of us use businesses and companies as a place to build wealth. And wealth, there's nothing wrong with wealth if you use it wisely. 
but let's use that platform to be a kingdom builder. Two questions. First question for you, is God being glorified at your job? Second question, are you being a good steward of the gifts and talents that God has given you at your job? How well are you doing? Don't waste 40% of your life doing nothing but invest it in the kingdom of God. And so just wrapping up here, uh, go out this week and make a difference in your workplace. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Lord, I want to thank you for the gifts and the abilities and the talents that you've given each person here. You have given all of us something to give. And it's not just for us to keep and hoard or hide like the person with the, the one talent. But you give us gifts and talents to use to serve others. Father, we looked at the workplace this morning. I know most people in here have jobs. Lord, I want to thank you for the ability to work. And thank you that you, Father, are working. So, Lord, I pray that we would use our workplace as a platform and become kingdom builders in our workplace. So be glorified, Father, as we go from here. And as we share and minister the gospel, as we, as we use our gifts this week, as we use our talents this week, as we serve others, uh, as, we, as we bring good attitudes to the workplace this week, I pray that you would be honored and glorified in all we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for coming. It's awesome having you here. Um, have a great week. You're dismissed.